the Hill Country Patriot. He's a native Texan, president of the Fredericksburg Tea Party, a student of Ben Franklin and John Locke, and he's a Christian conservative political activist. He's a true believer in the principles that this country was founded upon and comes to you every day to guide, advise, and lead you to become involved in the greatest political experiment in the history of our planet, self-governance. We don't get fooled again. He's Matt Long, and this is the Matt Long Show. Good morning, folks. So happy to be here with you on a Friday morning. Hey, listen, I'm telling you, if I forget, be nice to the tourists. You know, it's going to be probably one of those weekends. We're going to have all kinds of tourists in town. In fact, a whole lot of us are going to be tourists in the morning. Those of us who are headed over to Hondo uh, tomorrow morning for the uh, rally, I guess we'll be tourists. So, you know, it's uh, turnarounds, fair play. Uh, be nice when you're a tourist in Hondo on Saturday. And uh, when you get back, be nice to the tourists in town. I know, I know. Just avoid Main Street. If Just avoid Main Street, and uh, you'll be good. So, got some things on your calendar. I have a great show uh, for you today. I have an interview with uh, Kelly Perry that I taped on uh, Wednesday uh, afternoon. And... Um, she is uh, who is putting together, who has been putting together these rallies uh, throughout the state. Yesterday, we had Raul Reyes, who has also been part of these border invasion awareness rallies. And uh, each one, I think, is getting a little bit bigger. And so I am begging my uh, asking, gently asking my friends in the hill country to get yourself over to Hondo tomorrow. And uh, get over there. That's going to be about nine o'clock. It's going to be at the. It's called the South Texas Maze in Hondo, and apparently they have a uh, dance hall there. I have never been to the South Texas Maze, and that's spelled M-A-I-Z-E. By the way, if you're uh, looking that up on your uh, app on the phone. And it is actually, they actually have a corn maze. Now, here's how silly I am. I, I don't even know when the corn maze is exists and, and uh, how long it's up or anything about it. I imagine it's uh, probably not like the maze in uh, the Stephen King movie uh, that is always up. I think uh, it's, since it's uh, corn and uh, it grows and then, you know, they harvest it and I imagine that it is only a few weeks or a month or so out of the year, maybe longer. I have seen some awesome uh, Google photographs of the maze under different configurations. So I'm looking forward to uh, finding out more about the maze they have there while I'm there listening to some great speakers um, about the emergency at the border that we're going through right now. There's so many things going on, folks. We live in an insane world right now, don't we? I mean, it is, it's topsy-turvy. Everything that's up is down. I mean, it is in, is out, out is in. Uh, everything is just twisted around. We're dealing with crazy COVID uh, information. We don't even know which way to look now for information when it comes to the covid and uh, to the Kung Flu, we've got conflicting stuff coming out of the feds. Uh, it looks like uh, the, they're going to force 
well, let's put it this way. The CDC makes recommendations. They do not have the power of law. Okay, so the CDC can come in and, and, and recommend that kids wear masks at school all day, but they don't carry the weight of law. And so it's going to be real interesting. Are you going to let your kids, are you going to force your kids to wear masks all day? Everything we now know about masks and kids, especially kids getting the Kung flu, we, we know that it's, it, it, it's just not, they're not getting it. And if they are, it's very, very few. Some of the numbers I have seen on that directly from the CDC just show that uh, it's, it's not affecting school-age kids. And we've uh, seen the research that the masks are not good for kids, for their mental health, for even their physical health. There was a story I heard yesterday about a kid who got a, uh, oh, what do you call that, a staph infection on his face from wearing the mask and so they wouldn't let him back in school because of the staph infection on his face because of the mask he was forced to wear so where are you going to stand where are you going to stand this fall here just in a couple of weeks is your school district going to demand masks listen we know what the governor's said but we've also know that uh, the liberal run School boards and liberal-run city councils just, uh, they do what they want to do, and they go along with the liberal bent regardless of what the governor of Texas says. And so it's going to be real interesting here in a couple of weeks, over the next few weeks, to see what your city councils do and what your school boards do. Pay attention. Pay attention. I'll try to keep you uh, updated on that as we move through it. So not only do we have the Kung Flu, we have the runaway Democrats. By the way, I, I was really debating on uh, how much of the sound to run from yesterday's hearing. Did you even know that there was a hearing in, uh, in Washington, D.C. yesterday and that three of the runaway Democrats, uh, Sinfronia Thompson, Oh, here I am on memory. I can't remember the other two, but I just know Sinfronia Thompson was one of them. And uh, they were <laughs> they were grilled. And I'm sure you didn't see any of this video anywhere in, or hear any of this audio uh, very unlikely anywhere. So we're going to play you some of that audio today from that hearing later on in the show. So we've got the Kung Flu. We've got the Runaway Democrats. We've got Election Integrity. We have uh, a border invasion going on, and um, so there you go. May we lead interesting lives. We certainly are leading interesting lives at this point in time. So I'm going to tell you one more time. Tomorrow at the Dance Barn at the South Texas Maze in Hondo, and that begins at 9 a.m., we'll probably run till 12 and uh, that was just what uh, Raul told us yesterday. Mr. Reyes told us yesterday. It says dance barn, so I'm assuming that means uh, inside. I had some people call yesterday. I actually got several phone calls yesterday for more information on that. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and put a couple of lawn seats in the back of the truck. I would bring some extra water, you know, just kind of be 
yeah, you should always be prepared when you go on a road trip, right? You should always kind of be a little bit prepared. So bring some water, bring a, you know, bring a snack or something. You know, if a couple of thousand of us or 10,000 of us show up in Hondo tomorrow, then the local restaurants, I doubt you'll be very easy to get a seat in the local restaurant after the, uh, after the event is over. So I would kind of be prepared for that. I would love to see more than the 200 that normally show up at all of these events. And uh, based on some of the phone calls I got yesterday, it just kind I just kind of have a feeling we're uh, going to be a little bit more than the 200 tomorrow. So that's going to be at the Dance Barn at the South Texas Maze in Hondo. It begins at 9 o'clock, and I'm really looking forward to seeing y'all there. In fact, the lady, when we get back from this um, short break, you're going to hear an interview I did with Kelly Perry, and she is the organizer of this event. She lives down in Kinney County, and uh, real proud to have gotten to know her recently and have seen her speak at several different occasions. And so, you know, it always takes one person. It takes a leader it takes someone to start throwing these things together. We can all talk about it, but at some point in time, someone says, all right, I'll make the phone calls, I'll make the arrangements, and uh, Kelly Perry has been the one doing this. And so when we get back from this short break, we're going to play the uh, interview with Kelly Perry, and um, y'all stay tuned. We'll be right back. with me, Miss Kelly Perry from uh, Kinney County. Kelly, thank you so much for taking the time to uh, visit with me today. I'm glad to be here. So you, Kinney County is down on the border of Texas, the uh, down on the Rio Grande. What is your, is your, what's your county seat down there? Is that Brackettville? Brackettville is the only town in Kinney County, and we are about um, 20 miles by uh to the river <clears throat> and okay. we have 16 miles of river you have 16 miles of river in mm-hmm. kenny county so the reason i have kelly on here today is um, i met her at a rally down on the border a couple of months ago and um and that was when i really really firsthand got to see what was going on down on the border kelly do you own property down in that area are you a rancher i'm not a rancher i live on uh fort clark springs Okay. And it is a um this old army fort that was developed into a large I think it's 800 acres and it's there's subdivisions amongst us. And um but we're not I mean we have people that come through here every night. Every single night. Tell us um I I know one of the during that uh rally and by the way folks we're having this uh she's going to be at this rally on Saturday tomorrow and we're going to tell you more about that here in a second but uh, I was very impressed or I don't know impressed or depressed uh, (laughs) of hearing the stories from the ranchers down in Kinney County and what's happening would you give us would you I'm just going to let you talk for a minute would you tell our folks 
what is really happening at the border and what it looks like on a daily basis for you and your neighbors and your friends down there? Well, we have uh, one rancher out of Houston owns the whole 16 miles. Okay. And so what he says goes on his property. And um, um, it's been a few weeks now, and I think that they have it have it solved. But um, rumor was that DPS had insulted him, and he didn't want to deal with any of us. He didn't want to deal with sheriffs, DPS, Border Patrol, anybody. I believe that that has been put past us. And we are now moving forward on some of that. Mm-hmm. Um, what seems to be people people get confused and they hear that uh, they're going to be arresting the illegals coming through. Right. Well, we know that people in the processing centers are illegals also. However, those people are not the ones they're talking about. The The ones coming through the processing center are the ones – that know that they can be entered into the United States criminal database and nothing's going to come up. Okay. And then they come through those processing centers where they give them money to come in, you know, bus rides, plane rides. Um, If they've got COVID, they're given hotels. And then there's the other people who walk through or come through with coyotes, and those are your people who have – usually, not all the time, there's no way of proving that, but have usually committed crimes in other countries. Mm -hmm. So with 150 countries feeding people into the United States, if they've never committed a crime in the United States, they are fine. They can come through. They can be murderers. They can be people let out of the jails over there. They can be sexual predators. It really doesn't matter as long as they didn't commit the crimes in the United States, which I find ludicrous. I just have trouble absorbing that because, you know, a lot of those 150 countries are third world countries. They don't have the money to keep those people in prison for their life. And what better way for them to help themselves than to deliver them to the border of the United States so that they can come in through the processing centers or if they are bad guys that have uh, a record here, then those are the ones that walk through. Mm. Those so are my county. Uh, so, so I'm going to interrupt you here. You said something. The ones who have COVID are sent to hotels. Those are local hotels in your in your neck of the woods. Not not here, but um, in. In several counties, we know uh, Atascosa County, we know the Valley, uh, they pay for all those hotels down there for these people, uh, family units, uh, Webb County. Um, I heard a story yesterday of, let's see, yesterday was Tuesday. So over the weekend in Rio Grande City, there were 10 people at Whataburger that were very, very sick with COVID. Right. Okay, they were caught, they were uh, processed, they were very, very sick, they were given a hotel room and said, I'm sorry, we don't have the people, we don't have anybody to take care of you, we don't want anybody to help you, you're on your own for food and everything. So they paid for a hotel, but they left them on their own to bring food in for their families. And, yeah, and how are you going to do that? I mean, I'm just thinking... 
in a foreign country, and I've been to a lot of foreign countries, and I'm trying to put myself in the other on the other side, and I just can't. I, I just don't know how I would function. I mean, you could drop me off in Thailand, and I can say thank you in Thai, and that's about it, you know. But I, I wouldn't be able to survive. And so we got people coming from all over the world. It's not just Spanish; it's many other languages being spoken as well. Are you seeing? You know, for years we called it OTMs, other than Mexicans. What What does it look like now, from from your point of view, as far as other than other than people from Mexico? What does it look like uh, down there as far as people from other countries? Oh, my gosh, Haitians. The Haitians coming in are are phenomenal through our area. I understand in the valley we have uh, quite, a, quite a few people under the age of 18 from Pakistan. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> they're, coming, they're coming in from everywhere, and the fact that Border Patrol – uh, law enforcement, if they're the ones that are catching them, that are taking them back, they they don't have access to Interpol or CIA uh, databases. Okay. Uh, without that, you don't know if they were terrorists. You, right, you right. You do not know what is coming through. And, you know, there's a chance that they might make it through. Sure. Uh, and we all believe that ultimately that's what's happening. So t- tell me what your if you had the magic wand, or if you were the king of Texas, um, what what would you do tomorrow to to make a difference on the border? I would shut down the processing centers, have them go back to their uh, point of origin. They can apply for um, for the, refugee status. They, yes, or, in uh, at their at their um, what's it called consulates. So it's supposed to be. I mean, that's the law. That's what you're supposed to do. And let those people take care of them. I would – they say, which is not true, but they say that the border is closed. Okay, it's closed. We we both know that's not even – I don't even know what they're talking about anymore because I hear it, but I don't see it. The kids are going to be coming to school in the next couple of weeks. Teachers are going to be coming over. Families are going to – I would close commerce to Mexico. And and that sounds kind of uh, inhumane, but it's not long term. It won't take but a couple of weeks. Yeah, you know, when yeah. they've got trucks over there, I would be sure that every single eighteen um, wheeler that's coming across or a smaller vehicle that has um, food and everything in it is pulled over. Every single truck I would. T- they need to be able to be held accountable to the same uh, level that our trucks have to be. Their, yeah. their their tires have to have the right thread. You know, there's every single thing that needs to be checked. I would not, I do not know, I cannot explain it, how some of these NGOs are good guys and some of these NGOs are bad. Yeah, I know. We're hearing a lot about uh, one of the uh, church services that seems to be doing more to uh, – uh, more to keep the problem growing than actually helping. So last time the governor announced yesterday he's going to be sending DPS, or I'm sorry, uh, the um, uh, state guard down to yes. the border. Now, last time he did this, if I recall correctly, a few years ago, he sent them down there but unarmed and without any powers. In other words, 
they were just bodies to stand there. They couldn't do anything, and they weren't armed, if I remember correctly. Um, is that now with the Governor Abbott's order this time? I read the order. It seems like they're going to have a little bit more power. Do you have any hope this time uh, with the uh, State Guard coming down there? You know, um, I have a person I talk to on a regular basis that's in the Guard. And, you know, I I think there's a lot of confusion in the communication. Um, you know, when I was told last week that the amount of fentanyl and marijuana that was coming through the Rio Grande City sector was so high, it was one of right. the highest in Texas. And then, you know, then the next day I'm hearing that they're closing – uh, they're taking all the boats off the river except from 8 in the morning till 2 in the afternoon. Mm-hmm. They're taking Border Patrol, DPS, and everybody out of there. And, you know, you could use all kinds of ideas, and you think, oh, well, maybe they're just going to trap them, right? Right. Well, that might work once, but it's not going to work twice and three times. And we all know that cartel monitors everything. Oh, absolutely. We know they know. Yeah. You know, we know they know. So I'm not real sure of the logic behind that, but what I did here, and I'll probably say this wrong, but everybody will know what I'm talking about. The the it's part of their, it's kind of like um, the vest that they wear for for ballistics. Right, they, right, right. Our, our guard does not all have them. They don't have oh. them. Oh no! And everybody knows that the guard doesn't have bullets in their their guns. I mean, I heard last oh. night. Uh, from a friend of mine that she had gone out to check on some of the guardsmen that were at the fence. And um, she said you they were in the dark. There was no lights there. They had some some flashlights, but they had a light platform. Right. And you could hear the voices of the illegals in the brush getting anxious because it was almost time for them to come through. Okay. And they were coming through where the guard was, but guard wasn't going to stop them uh, because they don't have any way to stop them. Uh, None. They don't have guns. They don't have any form of anything to stop them and make them wait. So it's really – they're just really more – they're just like a warm body standing down there by the river. This is disgusting. You know, I mean, I could spend the next hour talking about how uh, uh, how Greg Abbott has dropped the ball on this. Um, I think it's too late for him to save himself on this, but I'm really hoping uh, that he does pick up and, and make some improvements down there. So let's talk about your event on Saturday. We're real excited. You're going to be down in Hondo. Would you give us all the uh, who, what, where, when, and why, and all of that? And uh, the floor is yours, Kelly. Well, the the event is from 9 to 11 at the Maze right outside of Hondo. Um, and we'll have donuts and water, and people can come. It should be pretty cool at that time of day. We have uh, Sheriff Brown will be there, Royal Reyes, uh, Frank Lopez. The attorney, um, county attorney from Kenny County will have uh, Mike Miller there. I'll be speaking. Um, Rio Grande Valley, let's see, conservatives, the president of that, Sarah, Sandra Witten, will be up here. And we're very excited. We won't know until Friday because things keep changing, you know, at the Capitol and with legislation. But we're right now, Brian Slayton is supposed to be there. And if you don't know Brian Slayton, 
like the one that was the first author of the bill for Texas to finish the wall. Right. It didn't get very far, and, and we tried really hard, but uh, he will be there. And he spoke at our, our rally that we had in Brackettville a few months ago, and he just – he's a real – he really knows how to rally the troops. Um, this this rally is going to be a little different. Each one is different because things are changing on the border, you know, as right. we go. Ours was back in May. This one's now. So things change as we get people caught up. But one of the biggest things you're going to find in the United States right now, people know nothing about the border. Nothing. Right. They know nothing. There's nothing on regular news channels. Um, when I was in Del Rio recently, I was talking to a cameraman from Fox, and he said, oh, no, no, Border Patrol make sure we don't get any of that stuff. Wow. Wow. He told me that they do not want the public to know. And I know that people in San Antonio even, and you would think they would know. You would just think that they would know. Sure. They don't hear anything. They do not know what's going. Now, I, you know, we're all knowing, we're trying to keep up with everything that's going on. My belief is that when school starts, there's going to be a lot of eyes open, a right. lot of eyes open. Because all of a sudden they're going to show up for school and, you know, 25% of the kids that are starting school have never been in school before. Yeah. And it's, I, I think, Kelly, I think it's going to show up in places like Nashville and, and Milwaukee and, and you know, just places like that across the country. I think they're going to be in a big surprise when they find out how many uh, new students who do not speak English are mixed in there. And what do you do with a, with a 12-year-old who's never been to school? Do you put them in the first grade? I mean, you know, where where is all this going to go? I agree with you. I think once this uh, once school starts clear across the country, we're going to find out where all of these where all of these kids have been sent in uh, airplanes, buses, and what have you. So, Kelly, we're really looking forward to uh, the event on Saturday. Brian Slayton is one of my heroes. I saw on the flyer that uh, Kyle Biederman might be there. Um, I interviewed Kyle on uh, Wednesday's program, and Kyle is my representative. And I'm telling you what, uh, between Kyle and Brian Slayton, You've got at least two out of 150 reps who are standing for reality in uh, Austin. So I don't know if that gives you hope or not, but there's two good guys in Austin. So, Kelly, thank you again for for taking the time to visit with me today, and I'm looking forward to seeing you on Saturday. Thank you, Matt, and thanks for trying to get the word out on all of this. Everyone, Everyone is safer with what they know. All right, folks, we are back watching the clock. I'm telling you, we got more material than we can squeeze in today. I had several audios I wanted to play from you. We, uh, The Democrats, if you didn't know this, got grilled. The Democrats who have fled the state, um, I don't know if they asked for a hearing or if a hearing was, uh, I, what, I don't know how it was set up, but uh, got a text yesterday morning that there were three of the Democrats, the uh, chicken Democrats, the fleeing Democrats, the... Uh, Kung Flu Caucus, who uh, took off to uh, D.C., and uh, they were actually sitting in front of Congress yesterday getting grilled, and I'm telling you, I never had so much fun in my life watching it. And uh, so I'm going to bring you Chip Roy's uh, grilling of them because he's our guy, 
And um, if you think you wanted to just, you know, get those Democrats aside and and uh, chew them out and give them a piece of your mind, uh, Chip Roy did that for you yesterday. So let's roll this tape, Bob. Excellent. Please be on your best behavior. I appreciate that. And great to see my... Uh you know, colleagues from Texas, uh, although I wish I wish we were under slightly different circumstances. Obviously, I think that you guys should be in Austin, Texas, uh, performing those duties. Um, l- let me ask you a couple quick questions here, uh, and I'm just going to scatter these around. Just give me yes or no uh, answers if you, if you can. Uh, Representative Bernal, um, is Section 2 of the Voting Rights Act remaining full in effect? Excuse me? Is Section 2 of the Voting Rights Act remaining full in effect right now? Yes. All right. And are, are you aware, was it just Section 5 that was overturned in the Shelby County decision uh, eight years ago? Right. And that the reason that the body, uh, that it was overturned was that the body, this body, failed to update the formula and was using 50-year-old data and a 50-year-old formula. Is that yes or no? Is that why it was overturned? That was among the reasons. So, so the Voting Rights Act remains in effect. The 1965 Voting Rights Act remains in effect. That provision, Section 5, uh, is what was overturned because it was 50-year-old data. Uh, may I ask uh, another question on this of each witness? Do you believe that Texas should have to submit to the Department of Justice for any changes that it makes in its voting uh, laws or formulas? Yes. Uh, Ms. Collier, Representative Collier. The historical nature of Texas uh, Just, just yes or no, do you think Texas's election that. law should have to submit to the Department of Justice for preclearance? Not only for that, for maps as well. Uh, and Representative Thompson, do you believe that they should have to submit to the Department of Justice for preclearance? Yes. So, to, to, for the record, uh, my, the representatives from Texas believe that they should have to defer to Washington, defer to the federal government on what we should do for election laws in the state of Texas. Um, now, are all, each of the three of you are aware that you are, in fact, violating Texas law by being here right now instead of being in Texas during the legislative session? And that the uh, uh, it would be in order to arrest you were you in the state of Texas to get you back to the state house. We agree that those are the facts. Representative Bernal, I'm not sure those laws are constitutional. But is that the law in the state of Texas? We can argue the constitutionality. I don't think so. I think the law the law of the state of Texas is that you're supposed to be in session and that you're supposed to be there carrying out your constitutional duty. Do you support HR one, the federal law? Uh, that uh, was passed here in the t- uh, House of Representatives. Representative Bernal. Yes. Representative Collier. I believe I will stand with the congressional members who passed it, so I support their... Representative Thompson, do you support H.R. 1? Uh, I do. It. And Mr. Chairman, I'd like to just say uh, I'm ready to be arrested. I'm not violating the law, and I'm representing my constituents, and I and I stand Representative ready. Thompson, Bring the handcuffs I, on, Thompson, and I'm ready to go. Representative Thompson, reclaiming my time, I appreciate that, that that's your view on the matter. I think that makes the case uh, precisely. Um, with respect to HR uh, one, you each of the uh, witnesses, one said uh, that she opposed uh, voter ID, two said some forms of voter ID. I would point out, and, and just want to clarify, that H.R. 1 would in fact say that an individual in the state is eligible to cast a vote in an election for federal office. The state may not impose any additional conditions or requirements on the eligibility of the individual to cast the vote in such election by absentee ballot by mail. In other words, federal prohibition on the use of voter ID with respect to absentee ballot by mail and interfering with the, the state's rights to ability to use voter ID. Uh, I've heard a number of witnesses testify about the lack of examples of the witnesses of fraud. On September 3, 2014, at the United States District Court in Corpus Christi, Democrat election expert Buck Wood was asked if there was a voter fraud occurring by mail. His response, and I quote, was yes, very definitely. Do you agree with him? Representative Bernal. 
do I agree that Buckwood was aware of a case of was asked fraud? if there was voter fraud occurring by mail? His response, and I quote, was very definitely. Do you I agree be, with I him? I believe that he said that. Sure. Uh, Representative Collard, do you agree with him, his assertion? I cannot confirm or deny. I'm not sure. What Representative Thompson? I'm not aware of him saying that. Okay. In 2007, your colleague, who also happens to be here in D.C., Rafael Anchia, said, and I quote, quote, vote by mail that we know is the greatest source of voter fraud in this state. Do you agree with Representative Anchia, yes or no? Greatest source of fraud, yes or no? Do you agree with Anchia or no? I, I have no reason to, I have nothing to base the fact that the greatest source of voter fraud. Okay, so you're disagreeing with Representative Anchia. Representative Collier. I don't know what context, so I cannot confirm or deny what you're just Well, the exact quote, vote by mail that what uh, that we know is the greatest source of voter fraud in this state. I'm you not agree sure that? what the context was. Well, that's the context, that statement, straight up. It's well, plain English. Give us the rest of it. Tell us what else he was talking about. The sentence, vote by mail that we know is the greatest source of voter fraud in this state. Do you agree with that? Sir, I would de decline to respond. Representative Thompson. I think, I think he would be at a better advantage here if he was here to answer that question for you. Well, 18 years ago, Representative Garnett Coleman, a Democrat, tried to ban pre-printed ballot-by-mail applications. Uh, do you agree with Representative Coleman that we should ban pre-printed ballot-by-mail applications? Representative Bernal? They do not. Representative Collier? I'm not aware of that statement. Uh, do you agree, though, with that uh, position? I cannot say what he thought or what he did. Uh, Representative Thompson? I'm not aware of his of making that statement. Congressman, can I clarify, can I clarify the question? Very quickly, because I'm running out of time. Are you talking about an application or are you talking about a ballot? A pre-printed mail-in ballot. No, application, yes, ballot, no. Okay. All right, and then with respect to um, uh, the assertions earlier, I think the was placed into the record, uh, the chairman put in a number of um, uh, videos and, and statements from Texas constituents. I would ask to insert into the record a document uh, that uh, I outline a number of examples of voter fraud, including statements from uh, black witnesses who testified in the Texas legislature about voter fraud. Wait, this is a statement from you? Yeah, oh, yeah. yes. Without objection. And in that, uh, you have Jerry Wayne Monroe, Aubrey Taylor, Demetria Smith. Demetria's quote was, Democrats are going after my ancestors. You are making a mockery of my suffrage and use it to your advantage for your own agenda so you can keep your own seat. It's not about the people. Aubrey Taylor, hear me. Elections are being stolen in Harris County. And if something is not done right now, I guarantee you get ready to lose the state. Jerry Wayman Rowe, my community is suffering because there are kingmakers and they cheated in the last election. He testified that he witnessed ballot harvesters take $22,000 in pay. He affirms that ballot harvesters were soliciting nursing homes. He testified that a poll location had spare IDs available for voters if they did not have one. The fact of the matter is there is fraud in elections. The fact of the matter is the legislature is putting forward a good faith effort to try to reform our election laws in the state of Texas. And the fact of the matter is Texas Democrats fled Texas to Washington where they're asking Washington to step over the interest in the voters of Texas. All right. Thank you, Mr. Roy. It's great to have you. All right, folks. There we go. You heard it. Um, Chip Roy, our congressman, um, giving them heck up there in uh, D.C. And uh, it's very interesting because I have been uh, testified in front of committees that all three of these Texas uh, Democrats were sitting on. And their attitude towards the testifiers has always been... Well, really not that good, and so it was really fun for me to see them sitting in the hot seat for once, and uh, I hope you enjoyed that. That's what Chip Roy's up to in Washington. Y'all stay tuned. We'll be right back. All right, Uncle Ted bringing us in on Friday, the fourth quarter. We know what that's all about. 
So, um, yeah, great pleasure in listening to that. There is another uh, testimony. There is a congresswoman named Mace who you may have been hearing about uh, recently, and she spends five minutes asking these three Texas Democrats if they need ID to buy cigarettes, do you need ID to buy alcohol, do you need ID to get onto a plane, do you need ID to get onto a charter private jet, did you need ID to come into the Capitol today, and one after another after another, and it was San Ronia Thompson, that she was, uh, that uh, Congresswoman Mace was directing the questions at, and it was one after another, and it was a list. It, it took her five minutes. Mace had uh, five minutes to question um, these uh, witnesses, and uh, she spent five minutes asking them questions about voter ID. Do you need, or about ID? Do you need ID to rent an apartment? Do you need ID to buy a house? It was just this long list. Never made any argument or anything. Went right up to the end of her five minutes that she was allotted asking um, all the different instances that you need ID. And it was just, it's purely entertaining. And uh, so if you can find that on YouTube today, in fact, uh, use the name Mace and Do You Need ID? And uh, that YouTube video will come up and you'll enjoy that. By the way, starting this week, I have been getting my podcasts of the daily shows up onto uh, Spotify. And so Spotify, you can find my uh, the, the recordings of this program on Spotify. Now, starting on Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday, they uh, all went up there. It was the full hour, and it had the commercials and the news and all of that in it. And so start, uh, starting yesterday, I pulled down the file and I was able to clean the news and the weather and those kinds of things out of it. And so they are actually down to about 48 minutes long. And uh, so those are available on Spotify. I know that is where a lot of people uh, listen to their music and uh, get podcasts. And then I also got news yesterday that not only am I on Spotify, I'm on Google Podcasts. Um, I am also on uh, a, a podcast platform called Radio Public, Radio Public, another uh, platform called Breaker, uh, another pat- platform called Pocket Casts. And so uh, there we go. We've got Spotify, Google Podcasts, Radio Public, Breaker, Pocket Casts, and this show is going to be available, and it'll be their catalog. You'll be able to go back. I also have descriptions of each program in there so you could literally go through and look for that Chip Roy interview or look for the the Kyle Biederman interview or look for the Raul Reyes interview and all those things would be right there and I have um I have a short description of each one a little bit of a teaser so I want you to go check those out subscribe to them please and uh, also hit the little notifications bell And that way, when one of my podcasts is posted, you'll get a notice, and it'll go ding, and uh, you can uh, go over and listen to the latest podcasts. And that's really good if you heard something you liked or if you had to answer the phone. Uh, Yesterday afternoon, I was uh, trying to, or yesterday morning, actually, I was trying to listen to the the, uh, C-SPAN and watch the uh, interrogation 
of the Kung Flu Caucus in in uh, Washington, and uh, I kept getting phone calls, and my phone would ring, and I'd have a visit, and I'd go back, and I would get about 30 or 40 seconds into it, and the phone would ring. So it's really nice to know that I can go back, that I can go back and uh, play those and listen to them and watch them uh, in, on YouTube or on C-SPAN, and so that's really neat, and you'll be able to do that with this program. You can do it now. Uh, so go to Spotify. That that's the one I'm the most familiar with. Um, I've I knew about Google Podcasts. Uh, quite frankly, I did not had not heard of the other three platforms. But you may use one of those other three platforms. Uh, so go check them out for me. I would appreciate it. And that way you can share this program with others. And uh, this is. Um, you know, I would like to get this show uh, statewide. I think the information we're getting here that is going out to the Hill Country, I'd like to see that uh, statewide going out. And this uh, podcast gives me the opportunity to spread that. So tell your friends about this and tell them you can find the show, even if they can't listen at 9 in the morning. And I've spoken to a lot of people that said, man, I'd love to listen to your show, but 9 in the morning, that's when I'm answering the phones at work. And uh, so I, I can have you on in the background, but I uh, can't always listen to you. So now you can go back, and it is all there. Um, let me give you some uh, some news. We have uh, the different uh, grassroots groups in the Hill Country have been working together now for quite some time. And, and so we are working on getting the gubernatorial candidates into the Hill Country and we have uh, Don. We've started making arrangements with Don Huffines, and uh, uh, Mr. West has been here quite a bit. And we will continue to host uh, Lieutenant Colonel Allen West when he wants to come through the Hill Country. We're also going to do the same for Don Huffines and Chad Prather as they come through the Hill Country. And the invitation is always open for Governor Abbott to come visit us here in the Hill Country. Uh, that would be interesting, but, um, yeah, I think uh, he should come down and visit us. But it looks like in early September we're going to have about three days with uh, Mr. Huffines here in the Hill Country. So as we get those dates all uh, lined up and the locations lined up, I want you to make sure that you go out and find out about as much as you can about each of the three candidates. Now, you may have already chosen your candidate right now, um, and that's fine got no problem with that but i think that a lot of people would like to at least hear from these people and uh many of us don't know who don uh who don is and don huffines you may not have ever heard of him if you didn't live in north texas alan west has been in the hill country so much and is is very familiar to all of us down here and if you're an active member of the republican party you know he has record as the the chairman of the Republican Party of Texas, and so you've been familiar with him. And Chad Huffines, uh, Chad Huffines, Chad Prather, do not write Chad Prather off. Chad Prather is going to bring an amazing amount of new voters. You heard me right, new voters into the Republican Party in the next primary. So all three of these guys, when you have an opportunity to go see them, to go hear them, then you need to take that, you need to jump on that. And so keep that on your calendar for early September. Start paying attention to the show, and we will get those dates and locations. 
what we're going to do is uh, is get him into Kerrville, into Ingram, into Fredericksburg. I think we're even going to include Mason in this group as well. So you will have numerous opportunities in early September when uh, Mr. Huffines is uh, going to spend three days with us in the Hill Country, and I'll do my best to get him in here live in the studio and uh, with some coffee, meet and greets, and some lunch, and maybe an, an evening event. But uh, keep your ears open for that and an opportunity to get to, get to know another candidate who is running to replace Governor Abbott in the primary, in the primary. Folks, uh, be nice to the tourists. I'm going to leave you a little bit of scripture today, one I like to go to a lot because it, I don't know, it just means a lot to me, but it has to do with the armor of God because we're all fighting in some pretty insane battles these days. And uh, being reminded of what is in Ephesians 6 and 10, finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might, put on the full armor of God so that you will be able to stand firm against the schemes of the devil. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the powers, against the world forces of this darkness, against the spiritual forces of wickedness in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the full armor of God so that you will be able to resist in the evil day and having done everything to stand firm. Stand firm, therefore, having girded your loins with truth, and having put on the breastplate of righteousness, and having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace. In addition to all, taking up the shield of faith with which you have been able to extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one, and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. With all prayer and petition, pray at all times in the Spirit. And with this in view, be on the alert with all perseverance and petition for all saints. And there's a comma there, not a uh, period. And then Paul goes on and says, and, and pray for me. And uh, so I'm going to put myself in that place. Put on your uh, the shields. Put on your armor of God and pray. Pray for me. Pray for strength for yourself. Pray for wisdom for all of us because we're going to need it to navigate these insane times that we live in. Folks, y'all stay tuned for Lorraine. She's going to be here in a minute. And uh, whatever she tells you to do, I strongly suggest you follow her directions and uh, be nice to the tourists and uh, i'll see you back here on monday but some of you i hope to see a bunch of you in hondo tomorrow